Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The flood of 48 was nothing like this. There was no water here anywhere. Flood emergency in the South Okanagan, where some rivers have yet to crest, and the Fraser Valley might be next. Dog attack. I was screaming, like literally for my life. Terrible injuries, and the search for the owner who did nothing. Escobar backlash. It's a big deal. We want to move away from that stereotype because it has caused us a lot of damage. A new restaurant shares a name with a villain, why some say it's in bad taste. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. New video just into Global BC from Grand Forks. A house lost to BC's historic flooding. The swollen Kettle River undercutting the bank until part of the structure simply collapsed into the water. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. Sophie is off this week. But right now, nearly 2,000 homes in southern B.C. are empty tonight, evacuated as rivers swollen by rain and melting snow reach historic levels. And the Fraser Valley could be next. We have extensive coverage for you tonight. Paul Johnson on the banks of the Fraser in Mission. Paul Hasem standing by in Carameas. And we'll start with Aaron MacArthur in Grand Forks. All right. So uh, early morning collapse of a dike had people trapped Just imagine waking up in the dead of night with water pouring into your basement and everywhere you look outside your home. That's what happened to people in this neighborhood early this morning, and the results are what you can see behind me. Not wanting to wait for search and rescue, people in Grand Forks took matters into their own hands, paddling whatever would float to rescue people trapped in their homes. Just neighbors. Yeah. I mean, our place is a loss, but they're strapped in there. There's still his wife and daughter and their animals. The water came up so fast Friday, dozens of people, some with mobility issues, needed to be carried to safety. Oh, it's it's bad. It's bad. So we've got to get them out of here and come back and start helping more. We just sent out another canoe with a neighbor to go get their cats. As the water raged through the Kettle River overnight, a dike on the south side of Grand Forks failed and water poured into the neighborhood called Ruckle. Dozens of homes are flooded, some to the roof line. People here have lost nearly everything. Totally in shock at this point in time, feeling their losses. You know, there were uh, things that they weren't able to take out of their home with such short notice. The flood of 48 was nothing like this. There was no water here anywhere. And that's why we're packing up and we're going to friend's place higher up. The water pulled back along the streets of the downtown core business owners assessing the damage, not sure if they will ever get to open the doors again. It's really disastrous. We're, we're having nightmares and uh, we've been in business for 34 years and uh, this has become the end of our business, I guess. Uh, the, the store is in, in, in total uh, ruins. 3,000 people are out of their homes tonight. But if the water dries up, the concern doesn't end there. Sewage and garbage have been flowing through the streets too. 
the environmental toll might mean people won't be able to go home for several weeks yet. We need to get an idea of what is the damage to infrastructure roads, the power grid, gas lines, what are the, th what are the risks and the threats that exist if soil is undermined. There's other things that could occur after this. A once-in-a-century flood that, when all is said and done, will cost upwards of tens of millions of dollars and leave thousands of people homeless. Now, the danger here is far from over. The forecast is calling for warm temperatures this weekend, high 20s, maybe even low 30s, and there's a lot of snow yet to come down off the mountains. And the rivers may have crested here, but they're certainly not dropping fast enough. The danger now turns to communities downstream. Chris? All right, thanks very much, Aaron. And on that note, in the southern Okanagan and Similkameen tonight, Communities are either in the thick of the flooding or they're in cleanup mode. Global's Paul Hasem is live in Caramillos tonight, where they just reopened one of the main routes into town today. Paul, what's the update? Well, Chris, yeah, they have opened that road, Highway 3, but for the time being. We don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, washouts can come and go, and officials are keeping a very close eye on it. Here in Carameas, they're mostly concerned about groundwater and that kind of bubbling up to the surface. But the Similkameen, just to my left, that river, certainly nasty, and it is causing all kinds of headaches. But you go up the 33 towards the Soyuz it's already underwater. Take a look at some of these pictures we saw today. Dozens of properties have been evacuated, including the popular Coast Hotel. The bottom floor submerged. They were forced to shut off the gas and power last night. The Starlight Marina also sh are shoring up as lake levels creep now approaching historic levels. The stretch is so popular with people right across the province, now they're just scrambling to stay dry. Now they're having some issues with sewage as well, residents being asked to stop pumping water. Our sewer system isn't set to take in that much water at any given time, so it would certainly create some issues. What we're hearing is it may level off for the next couple of days, uh, but then continue to climb uh, toward the middle of next week. Now, it's important to protect properties, more important, obviously, to protect people. Just down the road from us is Coston, the lower Similkameen band. They were evacuated last night after water consumed several properties. Now, it's farmland. Of course, there's a scare because there's so many animals as well around. Now, back here in Karameas, we spoke to the mayor. He's obviously got a vested interest. He wants to protect the village. He also wants to protect his property. He is right along the Similkameen here. So if uh, this dike does give way, his property would be one of the first to go. I asked him if he thought they're out of the woods. He said, up here, around here, you never bet against Mother Nature. Chris. Oh, yeah, they know that around the Kelowna and OK Falls area, too. Take us through some of the other communities in the region that are dealing with flooding today. Well, it's a big wait and see, no matter what community you're in. Kind of a good news, bad news situation. And let's start in Kelowna, because they, uh, as the waters start to rescind, it means that some of these evacuations are going are rescinding as well. Now, several homes in the Joe Rich neighborhood allowed to go home as people who live along Philpot Road as well. The fear was that some of the smaller bridges there would start to wash away. Thankfully, that threat is over for now. Similar story in Okanagan Falls, where they're actually removing sandbags in some neighborhoods. 54 properties evacuated yesterday. They are now allowed to go home as well. Now, one of the residents we spoke to said the rushing water felt almost biblical, which speaks volumes. And therein lies 
the bad news, Chris. As Aaron mentioned, warmer weather expected here. We're expected to flirt with 30 starting on Sunday and into much of next week. I know Christy is going to be talking about that, but with that warmer weather means more flooding, and there's fears that round two is going to pack an even stronger punch. Chris? No doubt. We'll stay on top of it, too. Thank you for that report, Paul. And we're going to go to Paul Johnson now in Mission where they're keeping an eye on the Fraser River, and there is a high stream flow advisory there. Paul, how are people close to the river feeling right now? Well, Chris, we talked to some of the people whose properties are first in line if there's going to be any kind of flooding event on the Fraser River, and today they're far from panicking, but they are still very cautious about what's to come. It's a good life on the other side of the dike in Chilliwack. Shonda Davis points out the high water mark from the last flood in 2012. That was worrisome, but nothing compared to the great flood of 1948 that swamped downtown and had water up to the third step of the old home on their property. Davis's family knows a thing or two about the Fraser River in spring. They've had this land since the 1890s. I think we're, you know, like probably 80% of the time we're going to be on evacuation alert out here. We're living on the outside of the dike. And um, the city uh, wants to make sure that all aspects are covered for them too. As the Fraser rises, the size of that mid-May snowpack has forecasters worried we could be on the brink of a major flood. It's why homes like Davis's in the Cary Point area of Chilliwack that are not protected by the city's dike system have been put on evacuation alert. And warnings about the Fraser are now coming from close to the top. The next steps are over, the, uh, over this weekend is we're watching the Fraser River very closely, uh, working with local communities to ensure that their plans uh, are, are able to be implemented and the province assists where needed. At the same time, people need to be aware uh, of the flood danger. But the people we met today who live closest to the river are far from panicking. Many have been here a long time and they've got their own ways of watching the river. As for Davis, she's not likely headed for high ground today. Her river sense tells her if trouble is on its way, it's more likely to come next week. I think the locals are uh, pretty well dead on a lot of the time. So just a common sense, really. Um, The people that have been in this neighborhood are multi-generational farms, and they know a lot of stuff. Hey, Chris, here's a look at that famous gauge on the Fraser River in Mission near the old railway bridge, holding steady at about five meters, which would be normal for this time of year, though it is high. But take a look here at this uh, concrete emplacement here, and you can see where the graffiti is, and right near the top of that, that's the high water mark from the flood of 1894. A couple of feet below that is the high water mark from the flood of 1948, which you saw some of the pictures there in our report. So obviously a long way to go till we're at any kind of a flood stage here. But you know, Chris, up in Chilliwack, you look at those mountains and you see all that snow there that's yet to melt. And you consider if we get a flood event down here in the Fraser Valley, that is going to be a flood story of a totally different magnitude because of the population down here. No doubt. Locals pretty calm about it right now, though. Paul, thanks very much for that report. Could be a big melt with all of the warm temperatures we're expecting on the weekend. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is in Abbotsford tonight, so we'll check in with her on an early look at the forecast. Mm -hmm. Christy. 
Thanks, Chris. Well, as Paul mentioned, with all the snow in the mountains, I had a look at actually some of the data of how much snow is in the mountains right now. And some areas are still showing in excess of 100%, so uh, more than what they would typically get in a year. So still a ton of snow to melt. And I've shown you this graphic before, but it really, I want to show it to you again because it gives a good perspective of the type of heat we're going to see in the Okanagan for the next seven days, above average by more than five degrees. The 20 down below is average for this time of year. And by Sunday and Monday, hitting 27, 29 degrees, some areas could hit 30 degrees. That heat is going to climb right up to the top of the mountains with the freezing level soaring close to 4,000 meters. Wow. Okay. Thanks very much, Christy. And if you are in need of flood relief anywhere or some information on how to prepare for possible flooding, You can find all the important phone numbers and links on our website. That's globalnews.ca slash bc. Some breaking news out of Vancouver now and a warning from police about a frightening experience for an 11-year-old girl. Police releasing some grainy photos saying just after 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, the girl was approached in East Vancouver on Windermere Street near Charles by a man in a silver sedan. The man asked her if she needed a ride or money. She didn't know him and said no, and he drove off. The vehicle is silver, two-door sedan, likely a Chevy Cavalier or Pontiac Sunfire. The driver is described as a white man in his 40s with a thin build and a thick brown mustache. He was wearing glasses and a dark blue jacket with stripes down the sleeves. Anyone with any information should call Vancouver police or Crime Stoppers. The mission woman who was horribly mauled by a dog in Alder Grove is talking to Global News tonight and calling for the owner of the dog to do the right thing before someone else gets hurt. Shelby McNeil was left with 85 staples in her leg and cuts and bruises everywhere. And as John Waugh reports, she and her family are worried the next victim could be a child. And a warning, some of these pictures are graphic. Shelby McNeil says she was just making a snack run for her kids when she found herself being tossed around like a rag doll. He had my whole leg back and he was just shaking back and forth. The vicious dog attack happened at around 7 o'clock Tuesday evening outside this Alder Grove convenience store. What happened in a matter of seconds also felt like it would never end. I heard a whistle. Um, I don't know where the whistle came from. I don't know if the whistle was a female or a male. Um, but I do know that the whistle is what made that dog stop. But the dog owner didn't rush in to help or even stick around. Amazingly, after being left alone for several minutes, McNeil asked a passerby for his belt and used it as a tourniquet, then drove herself to a nearby park to get help. I was screaming, like literally for my life while this was happening. I was screaming so loud. So if I heard his whistle, I know he would have heard my screams. People in the area are left in disbelief that McNeil was left alone to suffer. They just don't have a clue in the world as to what they should do, what their responsibility should be. I think it's very cowardly, you know, to do something like that and allow and run off. The damage was so severe, McNeil required 85 staples and three stitches. He tore, tore everything back up here. Now the mother of two must rely on family as she faces months of recovery. It's difficult. It's very difficult. Um, I can't get up and go like I always did. McNeil says the Langley Animal Protection Society is investigating. She doesn't want the dog to be euthanized, but hopes its owner will do the right thing.
you know, I don't even need an apology from him. I just want him to come forward and even just turn this dog in um, because it could have been a little kid. Until then, McNeil says her healing is being made even harder, unable to close her eyes without seeing the dog's face. John Hua, Global News. A routine traffic stop starts normally but escalates quickly. Why the grandmother behind the wheel says she was badly mistreated. Coming up. And an unbelievable crash caught on video. A truck knocks down power poles like bowling pins. Where it happened later on the news hour. Well, it is not often the opening of a new restaurant generates protests, but a new eatery in the Fraser Hood of Vancouver is throwing the doors open to controversy. It shares the name of a murderous drug lord who terrorized Colombia in the 70s and 80s. And Nadia Stewart spoke to those who want Escobar erased. They are members of Vancouver's Latin American community who say they're both saddened and frustrated. There is now a restaurant in their city bearing a name they'd much rather forget. This past week I've come to realize that actually in Vancouver there is a lot of people that are here just because they were forced to leave Colombia because of the terrorism that Pablo Escobar caused. For Colombians in Canada, it's named synonymous with violence and drugs. Pablo Escobar, the infamous cocaine cartel king behind a bloody drug war. But the owners of the new eatery Escobar say it was never their intent to offend anyone and that the name was meant to be a play on words with an emphasis on the bar portion of the name. Still, the restaurant has deleted earlier social media posts like this one, suggesting instead that they have received violent or threatening comments. But these Latin American cultural workers say the restaurant's owners are trying to flip the script. It's a common practice um, when people feel that they're put on the spot because of a decision that they made that was wrong, that hurt communities of color. Canada's ambassador to Colombia has also written this letter to the restaurant's owners, encouraging a name change. He corrupted so many people, he killed so many people, he tortured so many people. He was such a monster that uh, it is sad for us to think that somebody would profit of of an apparent allure out of that. No one from the restaurant would speak on camera Friday, which was also opening day. Those here are hopeful there could still be change, especially considering Vancouver's new reality. In a city like Vancouver, where we're dealing with such a huge opioid crisis, having the name of a, of a person that caused so much damage because of drug trafficking, it's a bit absurd. That is your Global News. It was an escort to school like no other, aimed at sending a message about bullying. More than 100 bikers in a two-wheeled convoy to Kelowna's Spring Valley Elementary. A remarkable show of support for a 12-year-old boy who's been the target of abuse. Global's Okan- or Global Okanagan's Kelly Hayes has the story. Bikes and bikers, more than 100, gathered in this parking lot in Kelowna for this young man. We are here in support of my son, Keenan. 12-year-old Keenan is on the autism spectrum and was being bullied at school, so his dad put out a call for help. It just seemed like to me that there was nothing getting done, and when Keenan told me nobody's doing anything, um, to me that was a red flag right there that I need to do something. So off they went. Their destination, Spring Valley Elementary, where Keenan studies, attracting all kinds of attention. Even the superintendent of School District 23 showed up to have a look. Well, I think a group of parents in the community and, and their colleagues wanted to make a statement in terms of rallying against bullying, and they did so in a uh, 
unique fashion. And apparently this type of support helps. One biker group that rode all the way from Calgary dedicates itself to putting a stop to bullying, and according to them, it works. We had one child in Calgary who rode to school a couple of years ago, and he actually came forward to us this year and said, you know, if it wasn't for you guys getting involved, riding us to school a couple of times, I was very close to the edge. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we feel we have results. And it looks like Keenan won't need any more escorts to school. His mom says the bullies and her son have patched things up. Kids have eased up on the picking, and now it's kind of come to a stop. And they're actually trying to build together, and the school's doing a great job of making these kids work together to see that a difference doesn't make you a bad person. A difference makes you an individual, and you got to learn to be together. Kelly Hayes, Global News, Kelowna. How about this shocking sight for drivers on the I-43 in Wisconsin? A truck mounting the median and sliding along into multiple power poles, shearing two of them right off. Traffic was brought to a standstill, but amazingly, no one was hurt. Authorities gave the driver a field sobriety test before taking him into custody, but the sheriff's office is not disclosing what charges the driver may be facing. Outrage tonight after Atlanta-area police officers were caught on dash cam cursing at and roughly arresting a 65-year-old grandmother during a traffic stop. Gabe Gutierrez explains what happened and how it escalated. The 65-year-old grandmother wailing in this dash cam video had just been pulled over by police in Alpharetta, Georgia. It took six officers to take Rose Campbell into custody. I'm so hurt. The incident starts calmly, with the first officer telling Campbell that he's stopping her because she swerved onto another lane. She refuses to sign the ticket. The encounter escalates. The third officer using strong language. As backup arrives, she's pulled out of the vehicle. Then they restrain her. That third officer, James Legg, was suspended. Apparently lost his cool and his temper and acted inappropriately both with his words and with his actions. Today, Legg resigned. In a letter he writes, I feel I acted appropriately and the way that I was trained. But he adds, maybe I should not have used profanity. There's an old saying that says, treat others like you want to be treated. That's the bottom line. Tonight, Campbell's pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct as the department promises an internal investigation. Gabe Gutierrez, NBC News, Atlanta. A family of tourists got a lot more than they bargained for during a visit to a safari park in the Netherlands. Oh my God. Video recorded by visitors in another vehicle shows the French family leaving their car at the Beeksbergen Safari Park to check out a group of cheetahs lounging in the grass. One man opens the front doors to take pictures of the big cats. A woman then climbs out one of the back doors, followed by two children. After getting a better look, they get back in and drive a short distance away. Jesus. Oh, my God. That's when the cheetahs started to give chase. The family, which had gotten out of their car again further down the road, forced to run for their lives. After picking up a small child, one of the women can be seen trying to shoo the cheetahs away. Fortunately, the entire family did manage to get back inside unscathed. In Health Matters tonight, cancer researchers in the Netherlands say that they've discovered a way 
to kill melanoma or skin cancer cells that are resistant to the usual treatment. A small number of patients with advanced skin cancer responded to a drug called Varinostat. The researchers say when cancer cells become resistant to the usual cancer drug protocols, the cells develop a corresponding weakness that allows the drug Varinostat to be effective. They say the drug works against a specific type of skin cancer cell and also against a specific kind of lung and colon cancer cell. As usual, though, more research is needed. Actually, it's a pretty impressive world record if it stands. How quickly this Boston U student was able to joggle a mile. That's coming up right after Christie's forecast from the tulip fields out in Abbotsford. How are you doing, Christy, as we head into a very warm weekend? Absolutely fantastic, especially as we head into a Mother's Day long weekend. I'm at Bloom, Chris. It's the Abbotsford Tulip Festival, and this is my first time coming out here, and it surely didn't disappoint. You can walk up and down the aisles of beautiful colors. There's 2.5 million tulips here, uh, around 10 acres, so lots to see. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, but first, to all you Mother's Day mothers out there, here's your Mother's Day forecast. Looking at uh, Beautiful sunshine right through the weekend, but the heat and the peak of the heat will happen on Mother's Day. Areas away from the water, up to 28 degrees. It's certainly going to be a scorcher. Now, for the interior regions, we talked about the Okanagan area uh, earlier. Now, for the central interior, caribou, it's also a concern there. Those are your temperatures today, but you're going to heat up to mid-20s, potentially up into the upper 20s, and then lower uh, areas lower down up to 31 degrees. So that's an idea of the heat in particular on Sunday that you'll see it. And there's your forecast for your Saturday. So lower 20s, uh, mid-20s across the south, straight sunshine right across the province, and always a range in temperature in Metro Vancouver tomorrow, 19 to 26 degrees. Your Mother's Day, Sunday, 28. Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll start to see a little bit more cloud cover in the morning. Temperatures will moderate a little bit, but by the afternoon, you can expect tons of sunshine. I want to introduce you to Alexis Warburdam. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> She's a founder, 28 years old, founder of the Abbotsford Tulip Festival. Congratulations to you, and thanks so much for having us out here. I know that this is the last weekend at Tulip, so it's getting long in the season, but you've got lots still to offer everyone for the weekend. It is. It's been a great five weeks. It is our last weekend on Sunday. Mother's Day is our last day but there's still lots blooming out here and it's going to be a beautiful weekend. So what do you have in store for everyone other than tulips? Uh, the tulips are fantastic, but more. We do have our U-Pick field open and then what will be exciting this weekend is we have our market that's open. So we've got cut flowers, uh, some hanging baskets, and then we have our bloom tulip ale and our bloom wine available for everybody to try. Very cool. I love the idea of cruising through tulips with a glass of wine. That sounds like a perfect Mother's Day to me. Now, uh, Alexis was saying she'd like everyone to get their uh, tickets online because they're a little bit cheaper, but also there's some deals that can be had uh, by buying t your tickets online. And we hope that everyone will come down here. And if you can't make it down here this weekend, then, of course, next year again, right? Yes, absolutely. We'll be open again next year, and we look forward to having everybody out. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us, Alexis. Uh, and Chris, I'll pass it back to you. I might even bring you back back a tulip. All right. And I my can't mom as well. I would like to see that. In the meantime, <laughs> tiptoe through those tulips and enjoy it this weekend if you're heading out it there. Will. And yes, happy Mother's Day to you and all the other moms, including mine. Well, it won't land him a spot in the Olympics, but a Massachusetts college student has run one of the fastest miles while juggling. The sport is called juggling for obvious reasons, and Zach Prescott ran a four-minute 
43.2 second mile while juggling three lacrosse balls. <laughs> Prescott says it's all about focus and rhythm. If verified, his time would beat the previous world record by just 0.6 seconds. Juggling. Who knew? You know what? Chainsaws. <laughs> chainsaws? Come on. Have you ever seen anybody juggle, juggle chainsaws, chainsaws while running? Now, that'd be something. Probably not nice for a color television, but, you know, it would be impressive. Someone could. Don't know if the roof is open at BC Place, but it should be. It better be. Yeah, come on. Better be. Open. Come on now. Open the roof and open the goal-scoring floodgates. That's what the Vancouver Whitecaps have to do tonight against Houston, but they will not have their number one keeper. Stefan Marinovich can't play, sprained his knee in training yesterday. So Brian Rowe, the backup, whom has Major League Soccer experience, he used to play for the LA Galaxy, he will start instead. Kai Kamara is going to be up front alongside Anthony Blondell to start the game, and with those two together, maybe Vancouver can ignite their rather porous offense. Oh, there you go. It's open. Roof is open. Good to see. Uh, right. With BC Lions training camp starting next weekend in Kamloops, we know number one quarterback John Jennings is good to go. But what about number 1A? How is Travis Lule's recovery from yet another major injury? Well, let's find out together. This is a welcome sight if you're a Lions fan. Travis Lule zipping the ball with conviction seven and a half months after undergoing major surgery to repair a torn ACL on his right knee. It's been a long road back since Lule suffered the devastating injury against the Alouettes last September. But days like today, his first vigorous workout with his receivers this offseason, have him optimistic he'll be back to full strength very soon. Today was a pretty good day, felt good running around. Some days it's more sore and I can't do as much, but, you know, obviously that's a nice controlled environment and I know which way I'm moving and all those things and I can count my steps, And but, um, but it feels good to be on the field playing football, playing quarterback and not just, you know, doing balance exercises and all that stuff that's been the bulk of my offseason, so... Yeah, it just gets better and better as time goes on. Travis will take part in training camp in Kamloops, but just drills. He's not ready for contact yet. Realistically, these injuries take at least nine months to heal. Travis is still six weeks short of that, so neither he nor the team will rush back before he's 100% ready. You know, I'm older, I'm more mature. I can directly communicate exactly how and where I'm feeling, and so we won't be stupid about it. The Lions know how valuable Lule is to this team. He proved last year he's still a top-notch quarterback when healthy, and just his presence makes the entire team better. Travis has always been the leader, and, you know, till he's not a part of this football club, he'll, he'll be that leader. So, you know, having him there, having him on the sidelines, having him in the huddle. Lule's optimistic he can return to full health, but he's also realistic. There are no guarantees once he gets into live game action. He's been through this before with a serious shoulder injury a few years ago and bounced back. But his career has flashed before his eyes during this very long rehab. The mental side of it is a huge part of it. That's why I say like I've learned to kind of emotionally detach from, from that so I don't get... And too big of a, oh my goodness, this feels like I'll never be able to move and explode and be a normal athlete again. Um, Yeah, I have those, you know, I have those thoughts. But now he's thinking he can get back and help the Lions win a Grey Cup in 2018. Barry DeLay, Global Sports.
This fan didn't have time to change out of his work clothes. He came right from Cape Canaveral to the Tampa Bay-Washington game. First game, Eastern Conference Final. Tampa Bay had a bad start in their last series against Boston. They're having a bad start in this one. Michael Kempney with the goal there to make it 1-0 for the Caps. Just before the end of the first period, Ovechkin doesn't need a lot of time to unload. 4-0 in the second period in Game 1, Tampa and Washington. Jets in Vegas, they'll start tomorrow in Winnipeg. Of the four teams left, only Tampa has won a Stanley Cup before. But despite that, if you looked at the regular season standings, none of these teams that are in the Final Four are really a surprise. Jets second best in points, Tampa third, Vegas fifth, Washington sixth. Well, he's already won a Coach of the Year award voted on by his NBA peers. Today, the Raptors fired head coach Dwayne Casey despite having the best regular season ever in team history. But you can't just win in the regular season, and that's why Toronto is looking for a new head coach. Here are the numbers. Last five years, regular season win percentage, great, 641. Playoff win percentage, not so great, 412. That's why they're looking for a new guy. Second round, Players' Championship, TPC, Sawgrass in Florida, Tiger Woods, long-distance birdie. Could really use this. I mean, really could use this. Oh, still made the cut anyways at minus one. Uh, Abbotsford's Nick Taylor from the bunker on the eighth. Just three birdies here at this difficult par three all day. Count it. He makes... The cut at minus one. Adam Hadwin shot a 68. He's in at minus four, so he'll play in the weekend. Webb Simpson, nine under 63. That uh, tied the course record. He's a leader at minus 15 right here on Global. You'll see round three tomorrow. There you go. That's it. All right. Thanks very much, Squire. Oh, quickly, RBC Cup in Chilliwack oh. starting this weekend. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. Starts tonight, I think. Thanks, okay. for, the Thanks for the reminder. Here's You're welcome. Kate. Jay Durant now with a preview of Global News at 11 tonight. Jay? Thank you very much, Chris. We're keeping a close watch on the situation in southern B.C. as catastrophic flooding has forced thousands of people from their homes. And tensions on the picket line tonight at the Hard Rock Casino. 400 staff walked off the job earlier today after contract negotiations fell through. A George Thorogood concert scheduled for tonight is still a go at Hard Rock, but the union is asking people not to cross the picket lines. We'll have that and the rest of the evening's news when you join us tonight at 11. All right, thanks very much, Jay. Starts tomorrow. Starts RBC tomorrow. In Chilliwack. Starts okay, tomorrow. we got it. Okay. We'll uh, have satellite debris lined up for you after a break. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia. Well, we're now looking at all outdoor events, and good news, the weather will be cooperating. The Shipyards Night Market is back for the season Friday nights in North Vancouver. This free, vibrant event has a full farmers and artisan market, food trucks, live entertainment, a beer tent, and it's all set in the picturesque Wallace Shipyard. The Great Okanagan Beer Festival is happening at Waterfront Park in downtown Kelowna. Featuring over 60 craft breweries from across BC, you'll also enjoy live entertainment and food trucks. And now, a toast to the mothers, also on the outside. Consider taking her to Mother's Day at the Glades Garden. There you'll enjoy classical music among blooming flowers and taste gourmet coffees, teas and treats. Fun for everyone, the Point Grey Village Spring Festival has everything you'd expect of a street festival. Live music, treats, henna tattoos, a market sale, magic shows, and much more. But if you're more into a carnival vibe, chances are there's one near you. This weekend, West Coast Amusements Carnival is taking over parks and exhibition grounds in Prince George, Esquimalt, as well as Surrey. For more on this, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. 
Squires here, and we've got Satellite Debris to wind up the week. Yes, okay, so we've seen a lot of these Deadpool 2 commercials with uh, Ryan Reynolds, who has appeared on this show as well, helping us out over the years. Okay, so he brings in uh, David Beckham here because in the first Deadpool movie, he kind of makes, not a disparaging remark, but a joke about the way David Beckham speaks, which is a little higher than you would think. I am so sorry. So, so, so. Too soon? Yeah, too soon. Lo siento. Amor, lo siento. Tickets for the cup. I can't wait to not watch Italy play the Netherlands. I can't stay mad at you. Healing hugs. Here we go. Oh, God, finally, that feels so good. You smell amazing, like cinnamon in manhood. Let's never let go. No, 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 we should let go. Let's let go of this burden together. Just wonderful. No. Okay. What was you apologizing for, anyway? Well, just the bit in Deadpool with the with voice. Doesn't ring a bell. What did you think I was apologizing for? I mean, there's a list. Green Lantern, yep. R.I.P.D., Selfless, Terrible. Blade Trinity, Oof. Boltneck. Boltneck was a masterpiece! I'm so sorry. I yelled, I raised my voice, I lost control. Please open up. Friends forever. Yep. Okay, so quite often on YouTube, if you uh, poke around, you'll see bad lip reading. And a lot of times they go to NFL players. We have shown that before. It's hilarious. This one concerns Mark Zuckerberg when he was put up in front of the, was it Senate? Yeah, it was the Senate. Yeah, or yeah they questioned him about uh, Facebook's Facebook. role in the privacy scandal. And I had a hard time keeping it straight during the, in the newsroom. I like this one. Here we go. Thanks for coming, Mr. Zuckerberg. How are you? Uh, just a sec. Mom, could you get me my Frodo ring? I want it here. Okay, now that we got the ring sorted out, we can move on to the topic at hand, which is the concerns that have been raised. Need water, okay. Now, as I was saying, there's been a lot of concern about people's private information and how... Okay, how about you just chug the water? I want you to cut it off. Are you blowing bubbles? I'm gonna have to spank you. Okay, now you good? I swear, it's like he's got a mask on. Listen, kid, blink if you're not a lamp. Whoa. We'd like you to make a little smile just to show that you can. Oh, good heavens, that, that, that's just horrible to stop that, son. For the rest of the day, will you not do that, please? I love that bit. <laughs> brilliant. I can't get enough of that Bad stuff. Bad lip reading, yeah. It's I good, cannot. Go online, you'll see tons of them. It's really good. I can't get enough. Okay, uh, yeah. last but not least, this is a commercial for Foster's, and it uh, doesn't look like a beer commercial, but it certainly ends up being one. Here we go. 
No worries, see you later. I didn't know what to do when I finished school, so I took a job here to tide me over until I figured it out. As it turns out, a dry cleaners is a perfect place to explore other options. What do you reckon, Lloyd? Arm the doors and cross-check. G'day, mate. G'day, Tom. Just landed, actually. Yeah, 380, mate. So, how long you been a policeman? Ages. Threw the book at him. Literally. I once had to resuscitate myself. Look for me on the track. But what job is it? I'm getting to see occupations from all angles. There you go, Doc. Took it for a spin this morning. You're hot. You're really hot. There's pros and cons. What do you reckon, Doc? I know my calling's out there. I've just got to keep looking till I find it. On the house, boys. Oh, on the house. Fosters for the thirsty. I think you may have found it. Get free beer down there on the house. Nice. That's right. All right, there you go. Thank you very much, Squire. Uh, for those of you heading down to the Whitecaps game, I hope you're already there because it's starting pretty quickly. Enjoy it. Happy Mother's Day, Mom, to you and to all the moms out there. Thanks very much for everything because you do everything. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. Exactly. Best way to look at it.